What's really good, everybody? It's your boy, Sway Max Sr. here. Coming back at you, talking about UFC San Antonio today. Thank you guys for joining me for another edition of the Hammer Fist. I know I haven't uh, officially kind of called it that before, but that's the that's the official title of the podcast on Anchor. And so, like, if you're looking for it, you'll you'll kind of have to look up the Hammer Fist. Um, but yeah, man, let's do it. Uh, we got some good fights going on. We got 13 fights. Uh, almost everybody made weight. One fighter did not make weight. Um. And uh, that's about it. We got a pretty good main event. Uh, the headliner, of course, is uh, RDA versus uh, Leon Edwards. Um, like we, we also have a, a pretty good uh, kind of co-headliner, I guess you could call it, uh, in the Juan Adams-Greg Hardy fight uh, that people have been talking about a lot <clears throat> on Twitter a lot, too. So that'll be interesting to talk about. But, uh, yeah, let's let's just get right into it right off the top. You know, this is a really interesting card. This might be a card where the underdogs do a lot of winning. Therefore, we might see a lot of funky lineups going on. Um, so that's something to be mindful of. There's only, there's really only one huge favorite. And of course, it's going to be the first fight of the night that we'll talk about. Uh, there's really only, there's really only two or three fights that have implications of ending early. And, um, you know, outside of that, you know, even like the main event, it really doesn't have implications of ending early, which is rare for a five rounder. Um, so we'll talk about that as well. But yeah, just just really interesting. So we got some good stuff to talk about. So starting with the first fight of the night, we have Dom Pilarte versus Felipe Colares. This is a bantamweight fight. Colares is uh, coming in at plus two sixty nine. He's sixty eight hundred on DraftKings. He's going to be the cheapest that we'll see. On the flip side, we have Don Pilarte, who is minus 340, and he is 9,400 on DraftKings. So this is actually going to be Don Pilarte's first fight in the UFC. So the fact that they have him as the biggest uh, you know, favorite on the card betting-wise, and he's also the most expensive DraftKings-wise, that is really telling. The only thing that I don't like is it's the curtain jerker. It's the first fight of the night. So uh, just not really too sure on, on what to do with it right off top. After digging into it a little bit, though, I mean, you know, Pilarte, he's coming off of the contender series. He had a finish. He's, he's tall, you know, uh, possibly also going to uh, look for the sub as well. I mean, I think he's definitely I think he definitely warrants that that price tag and that uh and that odds that odds too. So I mean it's warranted. On the flip side though, I think Kolaris, um I mean he's tough. He's got a bit of a kind of gas tank issue. So the the tag on him right now is people are not sure if he's if he's got a cardio issue or not. Kind of remains to be seen. Um, to me personally, he just doesn't move. He just doesn't have good movement. Doesn't move his chin. He just, he just doesn't have the movement you'd like to see, uh, from a 135er. So I think it's all warranted. Um, I think this is, I think this is somewhere where you do have to have some ownership. So Dom, so, so Pilarte is definitely the pick. You, you gotta have some ownership. Um, don't go overboard here. It's the first fight of the night. You don't want something crazy to happen and it ruin your lineups on the flip side. <clears throat> I don't really even think Kolaris is live, but if you're playing like a hundred, 150 lineups or something crazy like that, I mean, you might as well have some exposure to them. If you're just playing a handful of lineups though, I think you'd be okay with, uh, with fading them. Honestly, if you want to throw them in one, I wouldn't be mad at you. Um, as far as Pilarte, if you're playing a handful, go ahead and put them in two or three, something like that. But don't don't go overboard and, and just straight lock them in. Um, 
just to just if the fight was later on in the night my you know maybe my mindset would be different but with it being the first fight of the night it's tough you don't just want to go super heavy on that first fight of the night if your gut's telling you you know like there's no way and i'm gonna lock him in then go ahead and lock him in so uh, on to the next one, we have Mario Batista going up against Jin Su Sun. This is a, another Bantamweight fight, 135ers. We got a few in a row here, Bantamweight fights. Uh, Jin Su Sun is coming in at minus 199. He's 9,100 on DraftKings. And Mario Batista is coming in at plus 166. He's 7,100 on DraftKings. Uh, this is this is actually a pretty interesting fight here. Um, it's really tough to call, to be honest with you, especially for DraftKings. Um, just not even not even trying to break down like the fight even a little bit or anything like that. If we just want to go ahead and um, look at Mario's last fight, he was sixty nine hundred his last fight, so definitely coming in the underdog. But he fought Corey Sandhagen. He actually looked really really good. His takedown defense is a little bit suspect, but I think it's gotten better. He's also got a little bit of takedowns himself, so his wrestling's not that bad. Super tough. I mean, like you can't blame him for losing to Corey Sandhagen. Uh, he did only have like nine significant strikes, so I'm, but it, but I mean, it ended early. You know, it just it just wasn't a good look. On the flip side, you got Jin Su Sun who who fought Peter Yan in his first fight. That's tough, but he he at least took that fight to a decision. Uh, he landed 58 significant strikes. He had a takedown against Peter Yan. This was in Moscow. He actually put up uh, 34 DraftKings points at 6600. So I mean, really, like if you're playing cash games, that's that's not that bad to be completely honest with you. Um, so, but really just a tough fight to call. I can see why they do have, uh, Susan as the favorite here. Um, but honestly, I would not be surprised if Mario comes out, uh, with the victory here. So I think some ownership may be warranted to both. If I was playing a handful though, honestly, um, I might look elsewhere just because as far as DraftKings purposes, we can't we don't really know what to expect from these guys you know like susan he might come out here and and do something and in this early and warrant that 9100 uh price tag but we just don't know so for that i mean i'll definitely have him in some lineups if you're playing a handful go ahead and maybe have both of them in, in one and then hedge in the other something like that but just really a tough one to call not too confident on your side um but uh susan's definitely the pick for me though Coming up, we have uh, Gabriel Silva coming up, going up against Ray Borg. Also, real quick before I break down this fight, uh, I did just want to let you guys know I do have the uh, Juan Adams interview uh, that I'll be replaying for you guys if you didn't catch it last week. Uh, really insightful. <clears throat> he he kind of tells us, you know, just drops some really good nuggets, kind of tells us a little bit about his mindset. If you guys have listened to my podcast before, and uh, like if you heard me talk to Eric Anders, who he's actually friends with, we'll, he'll talk about uh, in the interview. Um, you know, I like to kind of just kind of ask these guys how they're feeling coming close to the fight, you know, where their head's at, that kind of stuff. And, um, I think it'll surprise people. I think a lot of people, um, think that his head's in the wrong space and he's doing it for clout and this kind of thing. And while he may be a little bit, I think that's just a part of the showmanship and a part of the fight game in general and just the product of the UFC now. Um, I think this guy is ready to go out there and handle business, man. So it'll be it'll be interesting for you guys to listen to and then for us to kind of talk about it after the fact. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to drop that nugget real quick. So, yeah, uh, Ray Borg's coming in at minus 185. Again, this is another bandweight matchup. He's 9,300 on DraftKings. Gabriel Silva, who is very live. I just can't even wait to talk about it. Uh, it's plus 156. He's coming in at 6,900. 
Um, yeah, man, Ray Borg just let's if we just look at his last few fights. Um, the last time he won a fight was uh in 2017. Um, it was in March of 2017. He beat Jesse Formiga in a decision. Only landed 36 significant strikes though in this decision. Had one takedown. No, didn't even have a takedown. Had a uh, advance and a reversal. I mean, like it was, it just was not good. He was 7,800 and only put up 56, um, DraftKings points. Um, he usually does score well when he wins. If we're, if, if we go all the way back to like 2014, 2015 and that kind of stuff. But just recently the guy hasn't been scoring. He has not, uh, gotten, I mean, just once since 2016, he's gotten over that 90 point barrier. Uh, and he's had two wins since then. And the two losses, he respectfully lost to Demetrius Johnson back in 2017. Uh, but then he lost to Casey Kinney back, you know, like just earlier this year. You know what I mean? And it just was bad. Like, dude landed 17 significant strikes. He had seven takedowns, which is why he scored 57.5 DraftKings points. Like, you know, and that's the most he's had in... I mean, going back to as far as I can see, February in 2015 when he fought Chris Claytis, but we just can't count on that. You know what I mean? His form is uh, kind of to use a soccer uh, term. Like his form is just all bad right now. It's just really bad. Um, and I just don't think that price tag is warranted. And on the flip side, we got Gabriel uh, Silva, who, like I said, is very live. This is going to be his first fight in the UFC. However, uh, this guy's a black belt. He's got very good takedown defense. Um, I think he's, I, I think he's, I think people are going to be kind of uh, surprised and impressed by his power. Um, I think he's going to come forward and kind of look for the, the chitty chitty bang bang, <laughs> as I like to call it. Um, he, he, he'll look for the takedown as well. I think they might, I, I think this might be a possible showcase fight as far as I think this might be a coming out party for Silva. So we'll see. Um, I think. Like I say, if you're, if you're going to play a bunch, you know, if you're just multi-mass entering stuff, then go ahead and play some Borg. But for the most part, I don't like him at all. I, I really won't have much ownership on him, but I do like Silva quite a bit. Won't go heavy, um, won't go super heavy, but I definitely do like Silva in this spot. And I'll probably just hedge with, with uh, Borg and like maybe just a couple, you know, just, just literally as hedge lineups. All right, next up we have Jennifer Maya, who missed weight, going up against Roxanne Matafari. This is a women's flyweight bout, 125ers. Roxanne is the plus 119 uh, underdog, and Jennifer Maya is the minus 142 favorite. This is a close fight uh, all the way around. In pricing, the girls are just $200 difference. Roxanne's 8000 Jennifer Maya's $8,200. Uh, it's, it, they've, it, uh, they fought before, which is interesting. Um, they fought before, um, uh, Maya won in a five round fight, I believe it was. Um, but the interesting thing here is that she missed weight. She's going to come in like heavy. Um, the fight's still going to go on, but she's going to come in super heavy. I think that helps her. Um, but the thing is, is like, she doesn't want to really take this to the ground. So it won't really help her as far as that. Cause a lot of the times, you know, it's like these, these fighters come in heavy and it helps them as far as keeping people down, uh, just their power, that kind of stuff too. I will, I do think it will help her power. I think it helps her in the stand up. I think Jennifer Maya is going to want to keep this standing up. And, um, Roxanne, man, like, what the hell? I, <laughs> she, uh, she's been impressive. I just don't know what to say. Like, I was kind of talking about this when I talked about Nico last week, you know, like, 
these girls from that season kind of were like written off to be completely honest but a lot of them have been impressive lately you know it's like they got out of the house and they got back to their coaching or something like that and i mean you know a lot of them have been really impressive so um you know yeah like nico looked really good last week you know and um like roxanne just beat uh just beat the shoshenko sister you know, it was a split decision, but I mean, shit, she had five takedowns, five advances. She had 33 significant strikes at 6,900. This girl scored 96.5 DraftKings points. Um, in a loss, she scored 79 DraftKings points when she lost to Nico, uh, in the final, you know, she had 132 significant strikes. I mean, you know, she, she just can score well and she's been actually not looking that bad. And if she can get this to the mat, what she's going to want to try some grounded pound, just try to lay on her, keep her down there, land some strikes. Just, I mean, she, she can do this. She can really do this. Um, so I actually like, actually, actually like Roxanne here on the flip side, Jennifer Maya, um, I think I might have her as like a hedge, but for the most part, I just, uh, I think if I'm going to go anywhere, it's going to be Roxanne here. All right. Moving quite along here, moving right along. So, uh, next up we have Kits and Abreu going up against Sam Alvey. This is a light heavyweight fight, 205ers. Sam Alvey's the plus 145 dog and Kits and Abreu right now is coming in at minus 172. Uh, Kitson is 8,600 on DraftKings and Sam Alvey is 7,600 on DraftKings. <clears throat> so, um, and, and like, and, and one of the things I wanted to mention, like all these fights, like I was kind of talking about, they're all really pretty close, except for that first fight of the night. Um, for the most part, they're all going to be really, really close. And as far as having any a type of inside the distance props or odds, this, um, one of the few, uh, and it's not, and it's really not very telling even minus 155 inside the distance isn't really something, um, that's very telling to be honest, just in my experience. Um, that, that means really that they, they don't really know, like they know, like it, it it's like, well, I, I'm pretty sure one of these guys is going to go out, but who knows, they might go out here and it might look ugly for three rounds. Like, um, and you would think, um, with Sam Alvey, um, who's, who's been knocked out and, uh, or, you know, who, who was knocked out in his last fight, um, may, may like the odds may be a little higher, but I mean, I can see that. Um, I can see that it doesn't look like he's lost too many times by knockout before then. So, I mean, dude's tough. Like I said, I can definitely see it, but, uh, I don't know. Like if you guys saw my tweet, I definitely just, just love kind of fading him in general. Um, yeah, he won a couple, you know, and, and he beat Marcin and Gian Vellante and like some shit like that. And, but I mean, I don't know, dude's, dude's getting old, man. And, um, he's going up against a guy who, um, is, is kind of up and coming. And this is kind of one of those fights where I think this is a, I think this is a showcase fight for Abreu. I think this is a fight where they basically have put him out there and they're like, Hey, you know, like show us what you got kid. And he's gonna have to put on a fight. Um, you know, Sam Alvey's got no footwork. Like he's got a right hand, which he'll be looking for. Um, and you know, but I think he's becoming a bit chinny, you know, like you can't really, I mean, he just got, he just got knocked out like that. That just happened. Um, you know, Bray who's with the American top team right now, like I said, I think this is just going to be a showcase fight. Uh, he's going to look for the submission. I think he, I think he, he's going to end this early. Um, 
I, I just think this is one of the few spots that we can pay, probably take some shots on Clidson here. Um, so I do really like Abreu. He'll be in a, he'll be in a bunch of my lineups here. Um, I think he's got the striking advantage. He's got the wrestling advantage. He's got the all around advantage. Um, so I just I just really like him here. Um, even coming off of that loss, um, it was a you know a tough loss in the sense of yeah, it was a really tough fight. He fought really tough. So um, I mean yeah, just I think this is a spot where it's it's, it's kind of him um, or pass for me. If you want to take some shots on Sam Alvey just for hedge, um, you know I. I'm with you. You know, if I might end up playing like 50, 60 lineups this week. And if I do that, I'm sure I'll have Sam Alvey in like a couple, like two or three or four just for, you know, for some hedge. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I don't like it. So we'll move on to the next one. And uh, we have Irene Aldana going up against Raquel Pennington. This is a women's bantamweight fight. Again, 135ers. Raquel's uh, the plus 120 dog, 7,800 on DraftKings. And Irene Aldana is 8,400 on DraftKings. She is minus 143 in the Vegas odds, so she's the favorite. This is uh, this is going to be an interesting fight in the sense of I'm interested to see what Raquel's got left in the tank. Just from watching her recent fights, it just doesn't seem like she um really kind of wants to do it anymore you know what i mean like um i mean i say that and, like i'm not out there fighting but i mean i'm just telling you like what i see as a fan and i just it just it just looks like she's just not really in the league of these fighters anymore now at the same time like they put her up against amanda nunez for the belt that wasn't fair they put her up against uh jermaine durandamine I mean, and honestly, Jermaine Durand means one of the better strikers. Uh, so, I mean, she she fought two of the best strikers in her weight class um, in her comeback, and she hadn't fought since 2016. So I think she's just had a really, really tough road coming back. I think she needs this win, though, um, and I don't know if she gets it. I don't know if she gets it. And typically, even when she wins, uh, and the last victory she had was in 2016 against Misha Tate. Uh, she only scored 59 DraftKings points. She only had 43 significant strikes, had a takedown, and really didn't do anything else. So um, unless she's just made a bunch of strides, I just really don't see her beating this young gun here. Aldana's impressive, man. In uh, her last three victories, uh, she's basically had 90 points or above. Um, she's, mm, the, she's the cheapest. She, she's close to the cheapest that she's been uh, in these victories, though. She beat uh Bech Carrea. She beat uh Lucy uh Pudilova. Uh she beat uh Talita Bernardo. That was back in uh January 2018. Um before that she did lose to Chukagian and then she also lost to Leslie Smith back in 2016. But that's a, that was like a long time ago. Um, she's made a lot of improvements, even just recently. If you just want to watch her last couple fights, the best fight. I mean, uh, Betch really shouldn't even be fighting in the UFC anymore. I don't. They just they just hand her off to to these killers nowadays. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, is she scores these points, and she doesn't. She's only got one stoppage. The stoppage came in the third round in her last fight. But other than that, she's you know 119 significant strikes, 70 significant strikes, 84 significant strikes, 108 significant strikes. She's doing all this without takedowns. Um, not really without advances. Like she's just punching. She's just punching girls a lot. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, and that's what we like. And at 8400, I think this is a spot <clears throat> that we might be able to catch some low ownership on. I so she's definitely my pick. I won't I won't load up, but uh, but I do like her. I think we might get her uh somewhat low owned. 
I'm curious to see the ownership, but I do like her. I'll, I'll definitely be playing her. Won't go heavy. Probably won't even have like a significant amount of ownership, but, uh, but I definitely like her and she's the pick for sure. All right. We have, uh, Alex Corsaris and Steven Peterson. Um, honestly, I mean, we, this'll, this'll be kind of a quick breakdown. Um, I just really don't even like this fight for DraftKings period. Both of these guys just really aren't impressive. Um, this is basically a pick em fight. Corsaris is minus 126. Peterson's plus 103. Uh, Corsaris is 8,800, however, on DraftKings, and Peterson is 7,400. So, strictly just as far as odds value, he seems like a very good play. Uh, Corsaris, um, just not really sure. He lost to Kron Gracie, which you can't really blame him for. That was kind of a showcase fight for, for Kron, uh, to be completely honest. Uh, he beat Martin Bravo before that. Uh, and then lost to to Wang Guan before that. Um, I mean, it's kind of like win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Um, you know, I just lately uh, he hasn't just really been impressive though, and um, he's he does have some high scoring wins, but just typically when he wins, he really doesn't score that well. Um, you know, he he can he can he can strike at a high volume, however. But I think at this uh, at this point in his career, he's probably towards the tail where um, he's he's gonna kind of start to gas. He's like like in his last couple fights, man. I mean, hands down, gassing, barely you know, like just just not looking good. Um, his fight against Wang Guan, I mean, he just did not look good. It was a split decision. He only had forty nine significant strikes. Um, like I mean, it just it, it just it just didn't it just didn't look good. I'm sorry, his uh, his 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 loss to Wong Guan. Um, so I mean, you know, just honestly, it's just kind of boring for DraftKings. However, uh, Peterson's aggressive. He's gonna come forward if he can uh, not get caught. I think he wins this. And so I said, especially just for odds value, like I think he's the play. I think you can play Corsairs if you want for some hedging. Um, but for the most part, he's a fade for me. All right, now we get to some big boys. We have Andre Arvlosky going up against Ben Rothwell. Uh, this is a rematch. These old ass fools been fighting forever. Um, this is a rematch. Um, honestly, like just this could be one of those sloppy three round flight fights. Um, Arvlosky has basically not won a fight. Uh, I mean, he's fought a lot, but, uh, he hasn't, he hasn't won a fight in, you know, his last four, like he's lost four in a row. And then he beat Stefan Struve before that. And then Junior Albini before that, um, he has been fighting a lot. Like I said, he lost to Tai Tuivasa. Uh, he lost to Walt Harris. Um, you know, all by decision though, he hasn't been stopped yet, which is, which is interesting. Um, you know, and a lot of the times when these guys are ready to go, they, they kind of start getting stopped. Um, on the opposite side, uh, though, we have Ben Rothwell who just lost to Ivanov. Uh, he did have 70 uh, significant strikes there. Didn't look, didn't look too bad. Um, but looked old. I mean, just looked old. He, uh, is 9,000 on DraftKings, which is very interesting. They have him as, uh, the minus 183. Uh, and, um, I just, I just don't really know why I just can't see it. I mean, maybe they think he's fresher because he hasn't been fighting as much and just, I don't know that, that whole deal. But, um, I just, I just really, I just really don't see it. Um, and, and really, I mean, like just because they're heavyweight heavyweights, I mean, some ownership is warranted because these guys can drop each other. And especially if our somehow can drop Ben like he did before, um, 
like at 7,200, he's going to be in the bink lineup. And it's all, it's, it's about game theory sometimes too. You know, you, you can, you can't, you can't pick with your heart. Uh, you can't pick fully with your heart. You can't pick fully with your gut. You can't pick, pick fully with your mind. You know, you, you have to use a combination of all three. Um, you know, and, and, and just go with it. So, uh, but, but yeah, for, for the most part, I mean, it's just because it's heavyweights, they'll be throwing leather. I think ownership is warranted to both small ownership, but for the most part, I just don't really like this fight and for it to be a heavyweight fight and not have any inside the distance implications is pretty weak. So, um, so I mean, it's, it's just pretty telling there. All right, next we have Alexander Hernandez against Francisco Trinaldo. This is a real interesting fight. Uh, Trinaldo is plus 169, 7,300 on DraftKings. Hernandez minus 203. He's 8,900 on DraftKings. A lot of people may remember Alexander Hernandez um, when he because he fought Donald Cerrone, and he was talking all kinds of shit, um, just telling him he was going to retire him kind of stuff, and just like it just it got mad disrespectful. Um, and went out there and, and got knocked out in the second round. So mad, mad props to Cowboy, who we'll see in Canada, uh, against Justin Gaethje. So that'll be, that'll be fun to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I personally, I'm not super impressed. Um, he beat, uh, he beat OAM, which I mean, was, Kind of impressive just at the time because OAM was just on this whole gimmick about him being like the Canadian gangster and he beat Benil Darush and finished him in the first round and had some, just had some hype around him, you know, so, um, I'm sorry, um, yeah, no, yeah, when Alexander beat Benil Darush, he, he had some hype around him. And so, I mean, it just was, you know, it was interesting when he beat, when he beat, uh, OAM in the three rounds, you know, it was, it was, it was you know, somewhat impressive at the time. Um, but then if you look at these guys, like, I mean, if he, if he, if he was the caliber of fighter, we think he is, he, or, or we thought he was, he definitely would have put on a better show against Donald Cerrone. And not only that, um, I just think based off of what we've seen, um, he's just aggressive. Like that's pretty much it. He's just an aggressive Mexican fighter. Like, you know, a lot of them are. Um, he's, he, he's going to go for some takedowns if he needs to, I think this is going to be a really good fight. And I think this is a fight to target as far as DraftKings is concerned on both sides. Um, I just, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure what we're going to get from Hernandez. This is only going to be his fourth fight in the UFC. So I'm just, uh, it's just kind of tough to call on his side on the flip side, Trinaldo, a vet. I think he's just going to be the better wrestler. He's still got a little bit of power in his hands. Yes. He's 40 years old, but, um, at the same time, I think this, like, he's a, he's a fresh 40, if there's such a thing. Uh, he's coming off of the TKO victory off of Evan Dunham. Um, you know, like, in, for the most part, when he wins, he's, he scores pretty well, you know, like in the hundreds or so. And, um, at 7,300, if he goes out there and, and beats this young kid, uh, or even just scores some significant points, you know, he, it's going to be tough to compete with that price wise. So, and even, even in a card full of dogs that have the possibility of all winning, I just think this is a spot where we can, uh, we can take advantage of that price tag there. So I do like it. Um, as far as just my pick, uh, it's just really tough to call really, really tough to call. Um, if somebody was holding a gun in my head, I would probably just go ahead and pick, uh, Trinaldo just because, but like, it's really tough to call Alex Hernandez minus two Oh three. Um, that's, I mean, you know, so we'll see. 
All right. Uh, now we have a pretty good lightweight scrap here. Dan Hooker versus James Vick. Uh, some hard-hitting guys here. Some some tall guys, actually, especially for their division. James Vick, plus 120. Dan Hooker, minus 144. Dan Hooker is 8,500 on DraftKings, and James Vick is 7,700 on DraftKings. Uh, James Vick, overall, uh, is just, I think, going to have the better movement. Um, he is just coming off of that loss to Justin Gaethje where he got where he got plopped it was beautiful <laughs> um uh and then uh not too far removed from uh when he lost to paul felder uh in the in the decision there in the unanimous decision but paul felder has looked pretty good recently um so um so coming off of back-to-back -back losses um losing to paul felder and then to justin gaethje back in 2018 uh back in august um, so he's looking for a victory. I think, I think he needs one here. I don't think he needs one to save his job or anything like that, but I think he needs one. Um, on the flip side, you got, uh, Dan Hooker, who's coming off of a loss to Edson Barboza, who, <laughs> and lost in the, lost in the third round, but that was a pretty good scrap. Um, I'll be honest. It was a pretty, it was a pretty good fight. Um, he had 81 significant strikes in the fight, uh, you know, got caught. Um, before that, he beat Gilbert Burns by TKO. He beat Jim Miller by TKO, caught him with a knee. Uh, he beat Mark DKC back when every, you know, back when Mark DKC was kind of being really hyped up and uh, he kind of showed everybody he was a fraud there, subbed him out in the third round. When this guy wins, he's, he scores well. Um, when he wins, he scores well in 8,500. I kind of actually like him here. I think this is uh, another fight that we can target. Minus 165 inside the distance. So it's the second fight that carries uh, some implications. Um, and I mean, I just think this, I think somebody's going to drop here. I think Dan Hooker, you know, is going to come out more aggressive. I think James Vick might come out a little more technical because he knows he needs the victory. Um, and I think Hooker's going to come out kind of guns blazing, man. And um, maybe he'll look for knees, who knows, but it's a close fight. And as far as DraftKings concerned, I say, uh, you know, for me personally, I'll probably pick Hooker and I'll have Vic and some hedge lineups. And I think, you know, that's probably the play there. All right, guys, next up we have the, uh, the, the kind of the people's main event, if you want to call it. <laughs> we have Juan Adams going up against Greg Hardy. Uh, this is definitely going to be a scrap to say the very least. Um, first off, um, we're going to listen to, uh, to my boy Juan's, uh, interview. Uh, he was gracious enough to let me interview him, uh, last week, um, right before the, right before the fights last week, um, got to talk to him about his matchup with Greg Hardy, how his training has been going, all that kind of stuff. I think it's really, really interesting for DraftKings purposes and just, uh, for the UFC fan in general. Um, so definitely give it a listen, you guys, and then we'll talk about uh, the fight more after. So uh, here we go, Juan the Kraken Adams, everybody. Juan Adams joining us today. We're uh, we're very thankful he's going to join us. Juan is fighting July 20th. He's fighting against a guy named Greg Hardy. Uh, it's in the heavyweight division. It's going to be on ESPN, so make sure you guys check it out. And uh, yeah, so uh, first off, like, how's training going, man? I know you've been crushing it, but for people who don't know, like, you know, how's it going? Uh, it's going really well, you know. Um, we added about, let's see, a total of about 11 hours of training uh, per week to my schedule. And it's really paid off a lot. Um, my weight's a lot lower than it's ever been at this point. Um, after sparring, you know, so they have to 276. So. Nice. Yeah, normally we start my water cut from 283, 
and uh, I'm pretty cranky about it. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm happy. Yeah. And, uh, I can still like have like juices and things like that, which are great. So yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a big morale boost going in. I feel good. I feel strong. So. Yep, 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 yep. And for uh, and, and like I've been following you. For those, if you're not following Juan on, uh, if you're not following Juan on Twitter, definitely do it. Definitely do it. He's hilarious. He interacts with his fans and with his followers. So, so definitely do it. But like, what's so? What's been the hardest thing for you? I mean, uh, let's let's just say food wise. You know, like what's been the hardest thing to stay away from that you're just like at night, like oh, I think I can grab one real quick, and it's just like you know what, let me not do it. Uh, for me, that's definitely uh, the toss up between donuts and tacos. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, or and pizza, pizza, those three right there. Yeah, yeah. Down here we got Shipley's. Um, okay. Over twenty. And so many you can you drive through, grab them twenty four seven. Damn. Um, like like six bucks, you can be loaded. And Damn. I passed I passed four different Taco Bells on my way from the gym. Home. Wow. So that wow. was tough. And then we got Cabana and all kind of stuff. You know, Damn. food everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. So like, I mean, um, and like I said, you know, for. For those who aren't familiar with you, like, what is it about this fight that's got you so motivated? You know what I mean? Like, what is it about Greg Hardy? I just hate him, man. Like, I think he's a, a horrible human being, uh, for one. And for two, you know, there's there's that aspect of it. And what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, fighters, we receive constant input from people. Like, it's just nonstop input, 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 input. And you can only take so much. So right. in the second house he was doing MMA, every day, all I've heard is, oh, when are you going to fight Greg Hardy? When are you going to fight Greg Hardy? When are you going to fight Greg Hardy? Wow. Like, I don't give a fuck about Greg Hardy. <laughs> I like, I don't care. I hate him. Like, I don't fucking, I don't, I, I you know, I just never thought we were going to fight. Right. And then when the UFC actually saw, like, after watching him fight, I'm like, this dude is trash, man. Why are they, why are they even going to sign him? And then they signed him, and I find out, like, the amount of money that he's making, one, and, you know, the placement he's getting, and the, yeah. like, he's trying to go hard. Yeah. Like, that pisses me off, and it rubs me the wrong way, because they're out here pushing this clown, and at the time, you know, I've been saying I wanted to fight frequently, and I'm having to wait five months between fights. Yeah. You know, so that rubbed me the wrong way. But now, like, you know, I'm fighting in less than three months uh, yep. since my so I don't really have any complaints with the company anymore. It's just, I, yeah, no, for sure. I definitely feel you on that. Just, just even in, uh, just like, you know, my little just community, definitely for sure. Like just even in the Twitter sphere, you know what I mean? Like, um, and just stuff that I've seen people agree with you, bro. I mean, I, I agree with you. I've seen all his fights since he's, since, you know, he got the contract and all that stuff. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm no savant or anything like that, but I mean, technically wise, I don't see it. You know what I mean? I think it's definitely just like, it, it it sells, you know. I think people just want to see it, um, and I think this time around, people kind of want to see you kick his ass. I know I do. So uh, yeah. so 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 there's so there's that for sure. But uh, but yeah, man. And I won't keep you too much longer, man. I um, I do have one more. I do have one extra question for you, just because I saw that you're friends with uh, Eric, and I interviewed Eric last week before his fight. Um, how how did that happen? Did you guys just meet like like in I don't know like just meet in crossing one time, or how'd that work? Yeah, so um, 
before he was set to fight on the it was his last LFA fight and mm. it was my first it was my second LFA fight but it was really like my first opponent uh my first time on TV and he was like main eventing but it was in my hometown okay so looking for a gym to train at and I forget if we messaged on Twitter or Facebook or whatever but Somehow I remember, like, we exchanged numbers, and he came down, and, you know, I was rolling with him while he was cutting. We were cutting weight at the same time. And, nice. Uh, so we just kind of became friends through that, and then we interacted on uh, Instagram and, and Twitter a lot. So, you know, we yeah. kind of became friends that way. And so anytime I can go see him fight, I do. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely cool, man. He's definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I sent him uh, – well, no, we, he asked. He answered a lot of like questions that I had. There was a time on um, where my Instagram was more uh, was a lot more wild than what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he would respond on there. Like we would have some good back and forth. And, yeah. And stuff like it's all chill. Yep, definitely. Well, hey man, uh, I'm supporting you, man. I'm rocking with you. Um, like I told you before, when we kind of had that that first little interaction, hopefully you kick his ass because you'll help my my DraftKings lineups too. So hopefully we can all make some bread that day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, I don't even like I don't really hold bad interactions too much against people. Like if people do it consistently on Twitter, I can just mute them. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. People on Twitter just like there's one dude. He's always interacting, and I said, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure dude's got a mental disorder, and he got mad and called me, like, childish or whatever. But, but that's, like, the only tweet of his I've seen in, like, the last three months. And yeah. So and that's the thing. People go from, like, tip riding to hating, and I don't care if you want to hate on me as long as you're creative about it or, like, yeah. shit you say makes sense. Some yeah. people are just, like, his striking is better than yours. I'm like, okay, well, you know, under which metric? And my level of competition is exponentially higher than his. So what for sure, for sure. And people don't like that. So I yeah. On Instagram, I can just block them. On Twitter, it's fun to mute them. Just mute them. Yeah, because then they can just talk to themselves pretty much. It's like. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, man, I just want to thank you again for, for chatting with me. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best, man. I'll be rooting for you. And uh, on the cracking Adams, ladies and gentlemen. All right, no problem, man. Have a good one. Thank you, man. You too. So, yeah, as, as you guys can hear, I mean, you know, it, I, it, it doesn't sound like he is not in the right mindset, right? Um, it's, it's hard to judge based off of just conversations, right? That you have with these guys. Cause at the end of the day, you're, you're not them. You're not in their head. You're not a part of their inner circle. But, um, but I just think some things are telling. Um, I think a lot of people think that he's just so emotionally invested into this fight. Well, I think he is emotionally invested. Um, I think he also, I think he's also looking at this more of an opportunity, right? I think he's been calling his shot. And uh, there, there's a saying, and I'm not calling Greg Hardy a king or anything like that, but it's like, you know, if you if you come at the king, you best not miss. And I think this is kind of one of them situations, you know what I mean? Like, 
you know, we got Greg Hardy, minus 113, 8,100. Juan Adams, minus 109, 8,100. This is the definition of a pick em. Um, and, and I just think this is one of those spots where, you know, Juan, Juan has been calling his shot. And it's like, you know, he, he better not miss. And I don't know if he will. And I don't know if he won't. But I know I'll be watching and I'll be glued in. And as far as DraftKings is concerned now, one thing we know about Greg Hardy is Greg Hardy hits fucking hard. He hits hard. If he hits anybody, they're probably going to drop. Juan knows that. Juan has Juan has said that. He says, basically, all I got to do is avoid his punch. The cardio issue, I I hope it's not a factor. I don't think it's going to be a factor just because uh, just a quick just a quick funny story. If you guys just if you listen to the pod or if you if you listen to uh, the interview, you heard it. Um, but, yeah, you know, I kind of poked I kind of poked at Juan the first interaction we had, you know, uh, when he mentioned that he was fighting uh, Greg Hardy. I said, yo, man, you got to stay off the Oreos. You better stay off them Oreos. And of course, he he said some slick. Uh, he says some slick back. Shout out to my guy. Um, and you know, I was like, no, man, I'm just being for real. You know, like I want you to beat this guy, but you're not gonna go out there uh, and beat him the way that you know the way that you prepared and the way that you look this time. Um, and he respected that. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how we formed the uh the little relationship or whatever you want to call it that we have um you know what i mean so uh i think he knows that he's been training very hard for that um his like he said he's coming in underweight as far as for him goes he's they're both right on weight they both weighed in right at 266 um as far as vegas is concerned they think this is ending early. So they got this at a minus 435 inside the distance. So it just, it's not hard. Basically, this is, we're going to load up on this fight. I'm not going to tell you where to go. Um, as, as far as, as far as where I'm going, um, I'm going to put personal opinions to the side. Um, and, and honestly, I just think Greg Hardy's got the better upside here, right? Um, I think Juan definitely has the ability to, to go ahead and take care of him. But based off of what I've been hearing and what I heard from him, I think he wants to put on a show. I think Greg is trying to come out here and knock him out and end this early. I think Juan Adams might be ready to stretch this out for three rounds and just make him look bad for three rounds. I mean, I specifically heard him say in the first round, it's going to be hectic. And after that should be a clinic. Um, he said, you know, after that, it's going to be a clinic. On the flip side, Greg Hardy said, I'm going to put him in the hospital and wish him, you know, wish him well. Uh, like, <laughs> so, I mean, we're definitely going to see fireworks right away. Um, if these guys don't put each other away right away, we could see a sloppy fight, though. So everybody needs to be prepared for that. Um, so while I'll have basically, you know, in, in every single one of my lineups, one of these guys will be in it. Um, you know, you have to also be mindful, you know, this is going to be a heavyweight fight and these guys, if they gas out now, I, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, like Greg Hardy hasn't gone to a decision ever with the DQ and that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. There's a lot of bad blood here. Juan's been calling him out for a long time. Um, personally, I want Juan to, I want Juan to beat him. Uh, I, I agree with him. I think Greg Hardy's a horrible, ter you know, terrible human being. But um, at the same time, uh, this is the fight game, and this is a, and this is a sport. And um, as far as sport goes, like I said, Greg Greg Hardy's got the better upside here. So I'll probably lean heavier on Hardy, but I'll definitely have my ownership to Adams as well. So it's just about uh, you know where the field will be at on that. Um, 
so yeah, next up we have another banger. <clears throat> we have uh, Alexi Olenek going up against Walt Harris. This is another heavyweight fight. Uh, another one that's going to end early. This is a minus 610 inside the distance. So Vegas thinks this one's going to, uh, they, they're more confident in this fight ending early than they are in the fight before ending early. So that's very telling. Um, with Walt Harris being minus 157, 8,700 on DraftKings, this breakdown will be pretty simple because I think Walt Harris is going to knock him out. Um, no need to really go back and look at all this kind of stuff. I mean, Walt's your guy. I think Walt's going to knock him out. I think he'll do it early. Uh, he might not, he might pull a stunt. I hope he doesn't, but I think he's, I think he's going to knock him out early. And on the flip side, uh, Aleski, I, I guess he's got the chance of some type of crazy sub. So if you want to take some shots, I won't be mad at you. I'll probably have some head shots as well. Um, cause I like that 7,500 price tag the co-main event. So, you know, if you get there and something crazy happens, it's always nice to have it. But, um, I think at that point in the night will be, uh, well, you should kind of know where you stand, but anything crazy can happen. Right. But the pick is definitely Walt here. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to end it early in at 8,700. Uh, I definitely like the somewhat discount that, that we get on him. Um, so I mean, yeah, don't think too hard about it. Don't get cute. Walt's your guy. All right. In the main event, we have Leon Edwards going up against R.D. Rafael Dos Anjos. This is my guy, man. R.D.A. is my guy. Uh, plus 105 underdog. Leon Edwards is minus 128 favorite. He's 8,300 on DraftKings. Um, R.D.A. is 7,900 on DraftKings. This is an interesting fight. When I first looked at this fight, I kind of told myself, like, like uh, this might be one of those main events where I probably don't load up on. That still may be the truth just because Leon Hasn't really shown that he's going to score very well, even in victories. Um, like even, you know, and he basically has gone to decision almost every fight based off of what I've seen. Let me just double check here. Uh, I mean, he beat Peter Sabata by TKO, but, and he's got a submission. <clears throat> but I mean, basically everything's gone to decision. He does need an impressive win. And I mean, the guy hasn't really lost a fight. Um, you know, in, in years, I think he's on a seven or eight fight win streak. So, I mean, it, but at 8,300, you know, if he's going to give us 86, 90, I mean, I, I just, I don't know for, for GPPs, we, we really want that. We really want that win, that signature win, that, that quick win, a hundred points, a hundred plus points. It all really depends on how the card goes. So it's always tough to say, um, you know, it's always, it's always tough to say, but, uh, I think this is, I, I mean, I think this is a fight we you definitely do want to target. I'm not sure how heavily, you know, it is the main, uh, it's the last fight of the night. You do probably want to have that last big score of the night in your lineup to just get you over the hump. That's just normally the case, you know, just, just in DFS in general, guys. Um, not always, but just in general, you know, it seems like, oh man, that guy had this guy. And it's like, you know, you, for some reason, some, for, you know, some rhyme or reason, you just, it happens, right? You need that last player in the last game. Um, or in this case, maybe the last fighter, um, and their price tags make it very doable. Um, nobody's in the nine hundreds or the nine thousands, uh, and, or anything like that. So they're pretty similar. Um, so, I mean, you know, we can go ahead and load up on both. I personally like RDA here. I think he's, uh, I think he's looked a lot better. Um, you know, I mean, he lost to Kamara Usman. You can't really blame him for that. Lost to Colby Covington, you know, and, 
Um, but he just beat Kevin Lee by submission, looked really impressive. Um, hasn't, he just, he hasn't looked all that bad, you know, and when, the, when he wins, he's, he's going to give you a hundred plus. I mean, it's almost guaranteed even in, uh, decisions, he's going to give you a hundred plus. Um, so for, for that reason, um, I mean, of course, if you're going to play cash games this week, go ahead and load up on both stack it and move on, find another favorite you like. And, um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I like it. I think, I think the winner should score well here and should score well enough that it should put you over the hump. Uh, my preferred play is going to be RDA, though, just because of price. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, I think we should get some decent ownership on him. But uh, other than that, hey, guys, thanks for sticking with me. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the interview. Um, I have a really big announcement on who I'll have joining me um, for a podcast uh, for, for one of the pay-per-views next month. So that's really exciting. Uh, somebody that I'm sure all you guys know and respect. Um, so I'm really excited to, to get them on. Other than that, this has been uh, the Hammer Fist Podcast with Sway Max Sr. If you guys want to hit me up on Twitter, you can definitely do so. You can message me. Uh, you can just tweet at me, whatever's clever. Uh, and, yeah, this is it for UFC San Antonio. Signing out. Peace.